0: moms i'm stephanie donovan and i'm sarah malloy and together we are modern domestic moms
1: a podcast where we discuss our mama mania sharing our perceptions and insights as we relate to you and the moms around us so go ahead fill your glass and join in with us on the conversation because mom ain't
0: easy and you don't have to do it alone come, come sit with with us. us we'll get it we'll get <laughs> well, it eventually it's fine it's fine Allow me to introduce a two-time guest and two-time mom, my bestie, Sarah Malloy. Last time you heard from Sarah was on episode 24 when she shared her IVF journey. She is now here to share her experience, her general mania with a newborn and a six-year-old. And we're going to be talking... About boundaries. Listen, so Elizabeth couldn't make it tonight. It is Friday night when we're recording. Sarah and I are having our bestie time over Zoom, which is an improvement of what we usually have, which is just memes over text. And we are here to talk about boundaries. When Elizabeth told me she couldn't make it, I was like, who knows about therapy topics? Is super pro therapy? We'll tell it like it is and be very honest. And you know what? You were the first one that came to mind. So I'm so oh. glad that you agreed to come on the well, podcast today.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. It's, um, yeah, pro-therapy, man. I'm a big cheerleader for therapy. So I cannot pretend to be an expert at setting boundaries. It's something I'm still learning to this day, but it is something that I have explored really, really thoroughly. <laughs> so I'm happy to Good. help the the very best that I can. And I think I've, I've gotten, as the years have gone on, I have gotten much better at putting these words into action. So yes. hopefully it'll help. We hope so. Okay, yes. so before we get started, I'm going to go ahead
0: and do our housekeeping. Are you shopping last minute? I definitely have a few left on my list that I will be shopping last minute for. So just a quick reminder to try to shop local. So there are so many cute shops to support locally in St. Charles, Geneva and Batavia. And actually, Elizabeth has covered a variety of those businesses in her holiday gift guide from the Modern Domestic Woman. If you want to go check out the Modern Domestic Woman Instagram to see that. So my encouragement to you to go check those places out, especially for your last minute gifts. And just a reminder, after today's episode, we will be on holiday hiatus, which means we'll be taking a few weeks off and seeing you in the new year. So our plans aren't solid yet, but just make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so that the new episode hits your podcast feed and you don't have to go looking for it. And then keep an eye on our Instagram because we always announce new episodes and updates there. So stay tuned on Instagram.
1: What we're sipping. Sarah, what are you sipping? Well... Stephanie. Well, <laughs> it's been, it's been a week. Um, mm-hmm. I am sipping what's called a Scotch Regency cocktail. Oh, that sounds fancy. And I know fancy. we're going to hear about it. We are going to hear about it. Yes. So this is just a little preview for the recipe box, uh, which is always <laughs> something I look forward to on your podcast. But yeah, it's, um, you know, any cocktail that involves an entire bottle of something is okay. <laughs> It's a good adventure. Yeah. So I'll talk about that more later, but it's, um, it's been a week. So I said, Scotch it is. There you go. So what are you, how well, about you? You hear that? I do nice hear that. That's audio. It sounds refreshing. So this
0: is just plain and simple, of uh, Bailey's, um, rocks, but it's my favorite holiday cocktail. And I did the Bailey salted caramel,
1: which uh, yes. I mean,
0: yeah, that hey, is pretty good. I tend to like salted caramel just as a flavor on I its own. Too. I cannot do the, uh, apple pie. I'm scared. Um, mm. I'm sure the apple pie one is good when you mix it with things to like make a certain apple pie oriented cocktail, but yeah. I'm not going to sip it alone. And usually I just sip Bailey's alone. So
1: sometimes, sometimes with the, with flavors that are meant to be that intense, like doing it by itself. Yeah. You're, you're treading into dangerous territory, but just yeah, to, yeah <laughs> but, but no, just Bailey's. Yeah. that's it's, yeah. it's it, it it feels holiday-like, right? Doesn't it? It does. It does. Okay. But before
0: we dive in, let's pass the pod love. Okay. I have two this week for you. They are thematic as I like to do. They're very good. The first one is a new one to me. I am not a frequent listener, but I just discovered it and I like it. It's the boundaries.me podcast with Dr. Henry Cloud. Dr. Cloud's podcast features inspiring stories about the benefits to your relationships, mental health, productivity, and well-being that come when you implement healthy boundaries.
1: I could get into that. Yeah.
0: There was a recent one called Preparing for Time with Family. That's the one I listened to that I really liked. So if you're going to try it out, go ahead and look for that one. And then an old favorite, and we have talked about her before, but Raising Good Humans with Dr. Eliza. Season two, episode 31. And this is just in my regular feed. So I listened to it anyway, but it was called Supporting Tots to Teens During Holiday Stress and Excitement. And I was listening to it and thought, I have to talk about this on our podcast because they really get into like kids our age, which Sarah and I have both have a six year old. And I can see this happening with JR where. The excitement gets too much. He's being given presents. He's staying up late. It's just a lot of high excitement, overexertion. And they do say that they tend, like, I don't want that, or I wanted this. And there becomes this, like, something that happens at that age when they are sort of overwhelmed.
1: Sure.
0: And you, as a parent, as I would if I hadn't listened to this podcast, might think you're being a brat. We don't talk like that. Say, thank you for your present. Don't be bratty, all this stuff. But it's actually just like an, a normal developmental thing that happens with overexertion where they just don't even know how to respond. And so what I've learned by listening to this one is if that does happen with JR, yeah, he needs a break, but also I can go take it with him and not punish him for it. Like putting him on his own and saying, we don't behave like that is just going to like up the ante. But if I go and say, look, obviously we need a break. Let's take a time out. I'll go sit with you. Let's just kind of decompress. That will help the behavior. So if yeah. this happens to you, your kid's not being a brat, they're just overwhelmed.
1: They're overwhelmed. And we have to remember that at six years old, this is probably the first time they even know how to articulate any of this stuff. Any of these big emotions that are happening to them, we're used to having to deal with this at 40 years old, but at six, this is brand new. And that's something that I often have to remind myself of. But yeah, it absolutely makes sense. So, and this should, isn't uh, like
0: normal play by play. This no. is not like people are throwing gifts at your children. Like <laughs> this is something- <laughs> right.
1: Open these seventy five things, and by the way, Santa's coming. And yeah. have all that, all that, that candy this is normal.
0: So that's something that we need to look out for to maybe prepare for. And that was a good episode. So once again, season two, episode 31, Raising Good Humans with Dr. Eliza. All right, let's get into the episode. Yes. So we are going to have an inbounds holiday. Now, in planning this episode, I was planning for Elizabeth. One of Elizabeth's favorite topics is boundaries. And so I am sad she can't make it. But I do want to talk about it still because it is really... A very worthwhile topic. And it's something I don't think as moms, even just as people, as women, we think about, maybe we struggle with, but we don't give it a title. I feel like I didn't even know it in my 20s. 30s, I was like discovering it, struggling with it. In my 40s, I feel like I've pretty much got it down. Now, I have been told by multiple friends that I am very good at setting boundaries, which I have kind of taken to mean that I'm a bitch, but I will take that too <laughs> and I will accept it and raise you one. But, um, uh, you funny. know, I don't think it's a bad thing No, to be good at setting boundaries. I do think it can be a struggle and you can be good at it in one area of your life and maybe not so great in other areas. So we're going to talk about it kind of across the gamut, but before we get started, I just want to give you the floor to talk about you know, you've been through this very topic in therapy, mm-hmm. so sort of define what boundaries are and why they are important to mental health.
1: Sure. So because you you kind of hit the nail on the head, I think boundaries are something that we it's a term that gets thrown around a lot, I think, especially now. It's it's something that people are starting to get better. We're starting to approach mental health in a, we're, we're starting to talk about it. First of all, it's not something that you spoke about um, in a positive light for so long. Um, and I feel like it's something that's, that's finally being accepted. It's something that, that is being brought into the spotlight and saying, Hey, wait a second, this is something that we need to address. Um, it's, it's just as important that you take care of your mental health as you do your physical health, right? So it's something that, yes, it does. It does take a long time. I think for people of our generation in particular, you know, we might have, we've got uh, parents and grandparents who that's not something they did. Therapy. What? Psychology? That's not something. That's not real. What do you mean you got to talk? What is wrong with you? Or why can't you just come talk to me? You know, that's not that. No, (laughs) that's not how it works because you're half the problem. Um, But (laughs) but truly, so, I mean, you you hear a lot of talk about boundaries and, you know, setting boundaries and what does it mean to set boundaries and boundaries truly, in short, they are a way for you to say what you are or are not okay with. That's the bottom line. It's, it's something that we all, we all know what we are okay or not okay with, but it's a very different thing to actually say it out loud and verbalize it to people mm-hmm. that you might need to set a specific boundary with. It's, it can be scary to do that. It can be hard to do that. You know, a big boundary for me, and we can get more into this when we kind of talk about pre- preparation for the holidays, um, but we just had Thanksgiving too. Right. That happened not too long ago. And a big boundary for me after I got married, I had to sort of evaluate for myself what I was okay and not okay with um, on Thanksgiving. Now, I come from a very small family. Steve's got a huge family. So for him, it's not uncommon for family members to bounce around to maybe three different Thanksgivings. And I am, I'm very much of the mindset that, like, I, I can, I can really only handle one, you know, so Mm -hmm. that was a boundary for me. Like I get that this is something that your family has done, but for me, I can really, truly only handle one Thanksgiving. That's a, that's a line in the sand for me because I don't want it to be awkward. I don't want to be awkward saying, well, we're, you know, we're late getting to this person's house and sorry, we got to run, you know, before, before we've had, Turkey, or whatever, you know, it's like, sure. it's uh, about what you're comfortable with, just for, for your own, you know, emotional sake, it's, it's a way for you to tell other people what your limits are. And it's really then it's not up to you to manage how they respond to that. You know, it's,
0: that's the hard part. It
1: is. It's very difficult. And it's, it's kind of one of those things that as you are planning to set boundaries, or as you know what your boundaries are, you can either manage your own boundaries or you can manage other people's emotions, but you can't do both. Right. Because if you decide you're going to just say, well, all right, I guess I can, I can sort of bend on this. Then you're catering to someone else's emotions. And where does that leave you? It is important for you. And there might be some things that, you know, you, you have to make compromises on. But right now we're talking about your own, again, your own emotional sanity, right? Ideally, the people that you give these boundaries to will understand your limits and adjust accordingly. You know, so if I say, I, you know, I, I can only go to one Thanksgiving this year. I'm only going to go to my mother-in-law's house or whatever. I'm not going to be able to go to Cousin Jim's. Well, cousin Jim might be disappointed in that, or your mother-in-law might be disappointed in that, but they might say, okay, well, we'll go on ahead without you. Why don't we drive separately? That's fine. You know, we, we appreciate that and understand. It's up to them then to adjust their behavior. And the people that don't want to adjust their behavior, I mean, that's kind of one of those things, depending on the circumstance, you have to kind of decide whether or not you want to set yourself up in a situation with that individual anymore.
0: And typically the people that really don't want or will challenge continually your boundaries are the people that are benefiting from you not having them. Correct. And that is a real key point. Yeah. <laughs> that you. When you realize that, but what I, the more reading I've done about boundaries, I get it. But then it almost is like, okay, why do I have to like section myself off? But it's actually like, in that's why I like titled this episode an inbounds holiday because it's it's actually an an area for you to have function correct like it's not just like no you cannot do this. I cannot do this. You, it's not just saying no, it's to section off an area where everyone can play nicely together. Correct. Like a boundaries are part of healthy, loving relationships. It makes it if somebody's always like in your business, or think of like people that maybe even get in your relationship if you're married, like, well, why don't you just tell your husband this or what? Like you don't like hearing that all the time. No. It's like, then you know what? That's not your place. So boundaries yes. are like these areas that help you to just function in a healthy manner. It's not something that you have to put up against people who are bad or dangerous. No. Like it's just actually a part of relationship management.
1: That's absolutely right. And and the thing that you have to keep in mind with this and here's another term that gets kind of thrown around a lot these days, setting boundaries is in fact a form of self-care. Yeah. It absolutely is. And something to keep in mind, ways to sort of recognize Because it can be hard, right? It can be hard to recognize, like, well, I mean, what kinds of boundaries do I need to set? Do I have to set a boundary? And maybe not. But if you are feeling unhappy, resentful, insecure in your relationships, if you feel like you're being taken advantage of, or if you're losing a sense of identity, you need to start thinking about whether that might be because of an unhealthy boundary. You know, do you have a family member that just pops over all the time uninvited? Do you have somebody who you know, is constantly in your business or constantly wants to talk about politics or constantly wants to, you know, point out the weight that you've gained over the last five years or whatever, you know, that's, I'm not going to feel good about any of that. And that's a situation where you just have to kind of be able to say, I'm not comfortable talking about this. I came here to enjoy my family. So why don't we go ahead and move on and, and just, just enjoy each other's company. But, but if you are feeling like, you know, you've got that tension and you, you've got that stop and and recognize that because that's a big signal that you've got a boundary that needs to be addressed or a lack of a boundary.
0: Right. So let's talk about just some practical boundaries, areas of boundaries. So first let's just talk about like holiday gifting boundaries. Gifting. I mean, that's the thing. It is. I I feel like preparing for Christmas becomes a job. And I feel like this every year, but at the end of it, I am like, almost like, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> up until yes. Christmas, I am, and be like, okay, tonight I'm going to handle this sister and this teacher or whatever. Like, here's the presents I need to buy tonight. And a lot of online shopping. Yes. Yeah. And I hate that because I would just like to go to a store, but the, I mean, the chances of me getting out of here lately, it's few and far between. So it's so funny, but I'm so used to like tracking those gifts down, looking at those gifts lists, asking my other sisters, did you get this for him? Did you, you know, and then at the end of it, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't think Scott knows a sick, not that this is right or fair, but knows a single person and what they're getting for Christmas.
1: Oh, no. I mean, there are going to be things that Steve's going to be just as surprised as Elliot is when he opens up that gift. Absolutely. Like Scott,
0: all he has is me.
1: Yep, He does not have
0: a pet, a person, even his grab bag for his own family. I (laughs) run that gifting
1: exchange. He has no clue. No. No, I know. And it's, and I, I'm not sure why that always falls to us, but it is, I mean, it's a thing, right? And this is mothers. We carry so much of, of, I mean, I, and I don't know, I, I'm working full time. I'm a mother full time. And I have the mental burden and emotional burden of trying to track everybody's schedules and everybody else's stuff. Right. And yeah. so, and I don't know why that falls to us. I don't know what that is, but that it's truly, it is a job. Christmas is a job in and of itself. I literally, Stephanie, when I tell you I was, so the baby's now, she's two months old the baby, the IVF baby is two months old now. There she is. There she is. Penelope. (laughs) And I I was up at 4am nursing her and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so I've gotten, I still have to get a gift for Elliot's teacher. And I still have to, I'm like running through this as I'm nursing Mm -hmm. my two month old at four in the morning. And I'm on my Amazon app, all bleary eyed, trying to to make sure that I've got the right thing. What? How did we do this before the internet? by the way? there's yeah think honestly, that? I mean, oh, thank goodness, but still, but truly, it does fall on us quite a bit, and it's important if you are the sole person that's taking care of that, you have to find a way to set a boundary on that i'm probably yeah. I'm probably really bad at setting boundaries on that right now, but it's probably about time. It's time to find ways. <laughs> find boundaries yeah. to set with, when it comes to and gift even
0: giving. for like your own kids too. Yes. think about it like the opposite direction right gifting boundaries mm-hmm. mine are like nothing with too many small pieces yes they're gonna get lost they're gonna be all over my house all over the basement for sure cats are gonna take them dogs are gonna swallow them i don't want it i sure. also don't want slime i don't want kinetic stands we can go back to the episode no. all about the toys that <laughs> suck i don't want those things in my house right no and like yeah, that does generally check. follow the list or like you can give money, but money without expectations. Give me money and say, this is for whatever you choose to use it for, for the kids. Not yes. here's the money, buy the gift, wrap the gift. Let me give it to the kid on Christmas. Like
1: don't make extra work for me. Don't do nope. that. I have nope. enough work. Don't need that. Nope. Absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely not.
0: Budget boundaries for yourself, for your family, you know, like, or we're not going to go above this. One thing I will say about Scott's family in particular is like, there's a lot of adult children. Right. And we all, since the beginning, since I've been a part of this family have done the Santa grab and now I organize it with Elfster. Hey, great tip. That's an awesome website. Wait, What is Elfster? Tell me about this. What is this? Okay. So it's just a website I am the family organizer. I enter the people's names in their emails. Everyone gets an email and says, hey, upload your list or gift ideas here. You're part of Donovan Gift Exchange 2021. And then I say where the exchange will be. And then I press a button and everyone gets a random draw. Which is nice because we used to put it on Scott's mom to like draw the names. Well, then she knows. And sometimes someone else knows who you have. You you know, this one, and I, I get to say, I can't get Scott and Scott can't get me.
1: You know, sure. like you can okay. draw like
0: those ifs. Oh. So that's just part of the organization of the exchange. But then you get your name. And you get the ideas or lists that they uploaded. And then everyone's surprised on Christmas. And it's kind of nice because then you're just responsible for one gift.
1: That's clever. I love yeah, that. Yeah,
0: instead of like buying for everyone.
1: How nice. Well, exactly. I was just going to say for a big family too, when you do have a lot of adults or even, I mean, just teenagers or, you know, kids that are just getting to a certain age that it, it does get a little tougher Yes. That's really clever. Yeah. And it's, that's more clever than even like a white elephant gift. Not that white elephant gifts aren't totally fun. Yeah. That's there are really a lot fun to shop
0: for you. feel like you have to be so creative. I mean, if it's something exactly. your family does and is good at more sure. power to you
1: are my family. I mean, we never did that again. I have a small family, so we never like really, that wasn't an issue for us. Cause I've got, you know, I've got three cousins total, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, that's, that's it. But Steve, I've lost track of the number of cousins in Steve's family, and we have been parts of like white elephant gifts and it's, and that is fun, but this is a nice way to at least ensure that people get something that they've been hoping for too, which is kind of nice. And put the limit on it,
0: say 50 bucks or whatever
1: it may be. I mean, these are gifting boundaries that they work. Especially right now. Let's consider, and I think this is something that I just kind of want to put out there. My mom and I had the conversation. Let's all just give each other some grace this year. You've got people that have been really severely impacted by this pandemic. You've got people that are unemployed. You've got people that are just not in a good place mentally and emotionally. I mean, the holidays can be really hard on people anyway. We're all going through this mass mental and emotional event that is unprecedented. And so let's just all kind of give each other some grace this year and appreciate the fact that we can just assume that people are not in good places right now. So let's just be gentle. Keep your, keep your budgets low. You know, let's make it more about, let's, let's think Grinch-like, right? Let's let our hearts grow three (laughs) sizes, please. Let's be like the who's of Whoville. But yeah, it's, it's about, let's just, let's just appreciate each other. And, and yes, let's, it, there is no shame in a, in a smaller budget this year.
0: So those are ways to like kind of set family boundaries with gifts or yes. too many gifts, a white elephant or a grab bag or a picket a name or a budget restriction. Let's talk for a minute about our kids' boundaries on holidays. That's something we have to think yes. about too, because we, they are not, I mean, I just said in my twenties, I wasn't aware of boundaries or setting them. So like no. our six, 10, 11, 14 year old, they're not going to be good at it. They're not going to even know what that is. No you know, with the social, emotional learning that's going on, they might be way better than we were. Hopefully they will be.
1: Yeah. Let's hope that these kids are better prepared than me. Um, But yeah, no, it's, it's important to, to sort of take stock of our kids here.
0: So I think like not forcing relationships, That's not forcing physical contact.
1: That's huge. Do not say, Hey, go hug uncle Bobby. Right. Don't make them play with this
0: cousin you have to play with them. They're here. No, you can't force these Sure. There is, I'm not saying there's no expectation for like how to behave, how to entertain, how to act when company's over. Of course there are all those things, of course, but also like we do just need to think about our kids' boundaries and what they are naturally sort of reacting to, to respect that, to encourage it, to let them take ownership of that and realize what that is just, I don't know, like 15 minutes ago, the kids are playing hockey because they're watching hockey. So it's like, they watch something, they have to do it. It's like constant. Sure. Cosplay. Oh emails. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. You watch Ninja Turtles.
0: You're going to play gonna Ninja turtle. Turtles. Yes. Yes. That's yep. Kellen will want to quit and JR freaks out. Kellen, that's being a sore loser. You cannot just quit, but Jr. sister and Spout's directions at kellen no do this no shoot this way no you're this team no that's not a goal no this is a goal no now you're a defenseman no no it's just a lot of rules and you can't blame kellen. Like, you know what no and kellen's just like fuck this like i don't, don't want to <laughs> so play I anymore this.
1: <laughs> i just want to hit stuff with a stick yeah that's yes. his, but
0: he's three right. and that's his boundary and he says i don't want to play anymore you don't get to force him to play. Yeah. It's just like little things like that, that I think it's important to like encourage with our kids.
1: Absolutely. And let's keep in mind too, and I keep, I keep going back to this, but it's especially important. I feel like this pandemic, I mean, yes, it's, it's a massive trauma for all of us, but it's also a really good kind of learning tool. There might be some situations where this is the first time the family is getting together in two years. So there's people they haven't seen in two years. So you can't just expect them to want to go and play with a cousin that they only maybe have kind of a vague memory of. (laughs) Right. Right. Honestly, you know, so let's just, let's let things happen organically mechanically. And it's all right if they don't want to go be best friends with them. It's all right if they go play for 15 minutes and then want a little break, be gentle with them and don't, don't set an expectation upon them that is just unrealistic.
0: And at a younger age, like our kids are, and I know a lot of moms are listening that have older kids and this might be the case for them too. It feels like those relationships are just continually developing
1: too. Oh, absolutely. It's
0: like this might be the favorite cousin this day and this, is it, like, you know, or the yes, favorite aunt sure. or whatever, you know, it's just totally yes. except the firefighter uncle who always fucking wins because, because he's a firefighter he and
1: he's a, yeah, you know, fine.
0: and that's just playing unfairly. I, know, I get it. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more boundary I want to talk about before we dive into a really great article that I found is our own family slash our own traditions.
1: This is huge.
0: And I found this in researching the topic a lot too, you know, when you sort of spread your wings and you create your own family or just move out, I'm not saying you have to be married or have children. Like you just live apart from the home you grew up in
1: the nuclear family, as it were. Yes.
0: You're an adult. You establish your own traditions, your own way of doing things, and you have a right to protect that and to exist in that space without letting others put their expectations on you or expecting you to change for them. Absolutely. And that takes a while, I think, depending on where families are at. A, it, yes. To establish and to keep, and that's the thing about boundaries, you have to establish them and keep protecting it. Otherwise it just gets run over.
1: Well, it just becomes a suggestion then, right? Right. It means it, it's an example then that people, oh, well, that's not serious. That's fine. That's just kind of, you know it's they were having a bad day that day. No, I'm fucking meant it, but you just didn't hear me. But that's on you to maintain that boundary. This is this is a really tough one cuz I got to say it it can take a long it took me a long time to kind of be able to accept that you know, I was not just marrying Steve but and I don't like to say that. Like you marry I those. I that. hate that. I hate yeah. that cuz it's not. And those dynamics can be vastly different and we'll get into more of that later I know but um but the very first so I mean my my wedding anniversary is December 1st right so just before Christmas so not a lot of time to be able to sort of establish even hey this is what we're going to do on Christmas we had literally just gotten back from a honeymoon and then it was like oh right Christmas this is coming up so I think it was our very first Christmas that steve's mom bless her she like invited us over for breakfast on christmas morning and steve oh. like was just like well yeah that's just what we do this is the breakfast and this is all what we do and so and he didn't tell me that he had just sort yeah. of said oh which is another issue but he we just kind of he just sort of assumed like "Well, this is just what always happens right well that's not what happens with me hold on, this is the first I'm hearing of this. And it's like this thing, right? Th- I mm-hmm. mean, the fight that ensued, you know, like two days before Christmas, because, oh, by the way, we're going over here for breakfast. I'm sorry, what? And that was, that was a tough, tough thing to, to sort of learn. We had to, that was kind of step one. I think that was our, our first major fight as a married couple was, <laughs> hold on a second, sure. we got to figure this out.
0: And I do think Christmas mornings are super sacred. I mean, if you celebrate sure, Christmas, sure, 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 to the little nuclear family. Yes, I have always wanted that time in the morning before people come over or before we go someplace with just us or our kids. The Christmas morning thing feels like more private to me. Or, you know, people have an opposite experience. I know people that wake up Christmas morning, like they, at Christmas Eve, they sleep over. And that Christmas sure. morning is always at a certain right. person's house. Like I get that too. It just, to me, I think that that segment of time, it's like, what you do is what you do.
1: Exactly. No, I agree. And, and, and the thing too, again, kind of going back to the nuclear family thing. I, and I think the, the struggle, even for Steve's mom too, was, wait a minute, Steve and I are a nuclear family now we were our own little family, the two of us, it was very new. And so just understanding that, wait a second, maybe these two want to do their own thing Christmas morning.
0: right?
1: You know, it was, it was a struggle for her to accept that it was, it, and Steve, it didn't even occur to Steve, you know, and then there's me going, but wait, we need to have time to establish this together because we're not waking up at your mom's house. We got our own right. house. We've got our own things. And honestly,
0: your husband's got to be on the same page because if yes. he's not upholding that or he's not communicating that to you to his family, right? Like that leaves you the bad guy. It, I will play bad guy all day, but no, I know. But there are family limits. dynamics. That's not fair.
1: No, it, and it wasn't, and it wasn't, and you know, and to be fair to him, it's again, this is a brand new situation. It didn't even think about it. And, and, you know, it hasn't happened since. And obviously it, everything changed once we had Elliot anyway, once yeah. we had kids, it's, it's a bigger deal. Total game changer, Very big game changer. Yep. But it's coming up with your own traditions. It's, it's, it's hugely important. And it, it might somehow be tougher to justify if you don't have children or if you are just living alone or whatever, but it's, as you said, you absolutely have the right to, be able to set yourself up for, you know what, this is Christmas morning. And even if I'm by myself, I'm gonna, you know, right. sit around in my PJs for the, for the entire morning until noon. And I'm going to watch a Christmas story three times in a row. <laughs> and I'm going to put, yeah. you know, whiskey in the coffee and I'm going to, whatever, whatever it is, you know, I mean, just, just,
0: you get to say for you, that's the whole thing with boundaries. You right? get to say for you. So we are going to jump into a really great article, but first we're going to take a pause here for a note from our sponsor. We are very excited to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast, and it's one we specifically sought out because of the product and who created it. Now, when I go out, I do grab my purse keys, and now on my keys, the newest essential addition to that routine, She's Birdie. As moms, we always want to feel safe and keep our loved ones safe, and now we can with added peace of mind. Birdie is a personal safety alarm that is easy to carry. It's stylish, too, I might add, and it's simple to use. You can activate it with one quick pull, and it emits a 130 decibel siren and a flashing strobe light to help deter an attack. Unlike pepper spray, there's no danger to you or anyone using it. Invented by two moms who wanted to keep their daughters safe off at college, the alarm comes in multiple colors with a fancy brass keychain attached. To attach to your keys, dog leash, or diaper bag, over 300,000 have been sold with thousands of five-star reviews. So join the flock today. Go to She'sBirdie.com, That's S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E.com and enter our code domestic15 to receive a fifteen percent discount on your order while also helping out the podcast. She's birdie, hashtag chirp loudly. I have wine now. I'm transitioning. Let's oh. I mean let's up the energy. Here we
1: go. <laughs> hey. All right. It's whew. I have more of my scotch regency punch. So we'll see if I'm speaking English by the end of this. It's fine.
0: So I, this, I found this and I was like, this is the best article ever. The things that said it was just so practical at exactly what we're talking about. It's called how to reduce holiday stress by setting strong boundaries. It's from tinybuddha.com. It's by an author, Haley McGee. And I knew this was a big hitter when I looked her up on Instagram and saw that Elizabeth already follows her (laughs) and has posted some of her content. And I was like, no, she knows what she said. This is great.
1: Yep. This is fantastic. I'm going to, I'm actually going in right now. I meant to do that. I am going to follow her right now because she's, this is a great article. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right.
0: So let me go through the intro and then we'll kind of dive in. I love the holidays. I eagerly anticipate the first snowfall, adore the scent of pine, and watch It's a Wonderful Life every year without fail. That said, even the merriest among us know that the holidays can be emotionally, physically, and psychologically taxing. In addition to buying gifts, negotiating travel plans, and shuttling from gathering to gathering, many of us spend extended time with our families, and every family, no matter how loving, has its fair share of challenges. When these difficult family dynamics combine with holiday season stress, we may find ourselves at a crossroads. Do we burn out, freak out, and spend the holidays in a state of discomfort, or do we set boundaries around our time, space, and energy? Well, there we go. So, the first section is setting boundaries with family members. So, she talks a little bit about breaking the people pleasing pattern setting boundaries and how that is a challenge with family members, especially like people you grew up with, people that there's like these unspoken expectations with, it can be hard to put your own needs first. Parents, here's one area. Okay. So she says, for most of my life, I struggled to set boundaries with my parents because they raised me, fed me, clothed me, and supported me financially until I reached adulthood. At first, it was hard to instate boundaries because I felt I owed them everything. Likewise, many parents would leap out in front of a train for their kids, and many siblings would go to great lengths to keep one another safe and happy. As a parent or sibling, you may feel obligated to offer your time, money, space, or energy without limits. Boundaries illuminate and challenge these unspoken expectations. Whereas before, you may have been the resident people pleaser or overgiver, setting boundaries changes your role in your family system. They enable you to prioritize your own needs and give at a sustainable rate.
1: Yeah, that's a key. That's a key word. I was just sustainable rate. That's it's not about being mean. It's not about that you don't respect them or you don't love them or whatever, but it's just that you it's your own mental health. It's your own emotional health. It's it's a tough thing to find the line between how do I make this a pleasant experience for everyone while keeping myself healthy.
0: Yeah. All right. So there's four key principles that she sets. One, when we refuse to set a boundary, we prioritize other people's comfort over our own needs. So boundaries is a way to put yourself first. Next, difficult honesty is not unkindness. It's not me to stand up for yourself. Um, It's actually a truthful way to interact with other people. Number three, you can manage your boundaries or manage other people's feelings, but you can't do both, which you said. Yep. Yeah. The burden is not yours to bear. And number four, other people are not mind readers. Don't expect them to be. So if you don't set it, you don't communicate it, well, it's not going to be respected.
1: Well, and not only that, I mean, if you, this was a big, this tends to be a big one for me because, I tend to come from that people-pleasing angle of things, and I never want to rock the boat, but I just expect that I am obviously transparent enough that everybody must understand what it is I need and what it is that I want and what people don't. Guys, people don't. It's it's okay to say out loud. You have to say it out loud. You can't just make assumptions. You cannot. At that point, that's on you. You know, it's not fair. You can't get mad at somebody for not really, truly understanding where you're coming from. You have to make that clear. And now it's a different story if you've made it clear, and they choose to ignore that. Yeah, and keep. Then you're going. dealing with something different. Yeah. That's that's a boundary that's been set that is then being ignored, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we're talking about here. You know, you have to set it first, but you have to set it out loud.
0: And I just want to talk about for a minute. Like your personal experience, you have a baby. A baby. Yes, I do. During a pandemic, during Very the soft. holidays, I mean, I remember when I had GR in 2015, it was just during flu season, <laughs> considering what we're dealing oh, yeah. with now. What's the flu? Yeah. yeah. But it was like, I remember taking him home and it was February. And I was like, all these people were like, Oh, I'm come over and see him. I want to come over and see him. And I just kept thinking, like, yeah, no. I no. don't want you to sneeze on him, breathe on him, cough on him, but I don't, this little thing and they can't do anything for themselves. Like you're feeding them yep. from your body. They can't blow their nose. They can't ward off infection. We don't even know what's right. don't have. They don't have an immune system until they're like three months old. <laughs> and it's on you right. and you're still feeling, I mean, you still, when you have a baby, you still feel like it's an extension of your body. Yeah. Like that whole fourth trimester thing. It's so true. I'm telling you. So you, I mean, you have to set a lot of limits. Oh, yeah,
1: there have been. There have been. And you know what? And I actually, I put it out on social media, which I know might be lame, but that's like, it's a quick way to just reach everybody, you know, because there are friends that, you know, I'm sure want to come and see her and hold her and snuggle her. But I'm like, I don't know if you've been vaccinated. I don't know. You know,
0: I mean. And right now. Does that even matter? I I am telling you, I don't want to just spread the scare on this podcast, but I will tell you personal experience, tons of people who are vaccinated are now having breakthrough infection and I have seen it and I am scared straight. It's
1: it's hard. And now we've got this new, you know, the Omicron or or whatever it's, and it's another, you know, and, and here's the thing. I mean, realistically, I know we're kind of going down a path here, but, but this is not going away, but how do we manage it? And some of that includes setting boundaries for yourself, you know, and and you have to. And you want to protect your baby. Until she's older, you have to. You just, you have to. All right. So let's talk about example one. Yes. So example number one is that it's okay not to go home for the holidays. And we've, we've sort of touched on this, right? And, And my example earlier, it's a minor example of this. Realistically, my family all lives locally you know um all my close family my grandmother still lives in mississippi but i mean she doesn't travel we don't you know we haven't traveled to see her it's you know she also has family she's got a sister that we don't travel to see each other or anything so like the majority of our family is all here yeah. however the example of breakfast <laughs> right we right, didn't go right. home to steve's family for breakfast, you know, it's okay to not do that. Um, you know, if, if you are older parents out there that are listening, maybe you do have adult children and it spells this out in the article. Maybe, maybe you're somebody whose kids have, have grown up and left and you decide that you just want to go on vacation for Christmas. Maybe you don't want to be around. Maybe your kids want to go and take advantage of that. Maybe they've got a group of friends that are also feeling like, you know what, we're just going to make this, you know, you've all heard of friends giving, right? It's, it's a similar thing. Why don't we all just go and do that? Maybe you've got adult kids that want to go and do that. And that's, that's okay. It's okay to want to try new, new things. It's okay to want to try to set your own traditions. Um, And that can be really, really hard. It can be hard for parents to accept that. It can be hard for kids whose parents decide they want to try something new, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe you're not in the, in the family home anymore. Maybe your parents have gone and gotten an apartment because they've downsized or whatever. There's a lot of things that, that change Mm -hmm. as family structures change and family dynamics change, but that's okay. You are allowed to have different, and it says it right here in the article, different understandings of what makes the perfect holiday. And so, you know, for me and Steve, for those first several years before Elliot came along, it was really important to us to, you know, we're not going to go over and do breakfast. I know that was a big thing. We're not going to go do that. We're going to sit and we're going to watch, you know, the parade at Disney World on TV. And we're going to open presents for each other. And I mean, for your, even before Elliot came along, Steve and I would, you know, we would talk about how we ran into Santa at the store. How weird it, Santa, we saw Santa at the store and we would both wake up and there would still be presents from Santa under the tree for each other. It's important yeah. to be able to establish for yourself what you want your holiday to look like. And it's okay if that's separate from your parents' expectations, your siblings' expectations.
0: Yeah, I think it's an important like traditions versus like flexibility yeah. and respecting that Correct. change. We, we kind of bounce around, I'm lucky In our family where Scott's family has always celebrated Christmas Eve, I mean, like, and my sister and I will kind of switch off. And when her kids were young and I didn't have kids, she wanted to host Christmas because her kids didn't want to leave the house. They wanted to play with all their toys. Well, now that's kind of my space. And even... More important than my kids is that my dog
1: can't. More important than my kids, I have a dog that pees when he steps. He's not
0: walking, or and he's going to the bathroom every twenty minutes. So, like, we can't leave Duke for that. It's Duke's last Christmas. If it's not, oh my god! If it's something happened, like a (laughs) fucking miracle, himself
1: came down to heal Duke. No, it's true. It's true, though. I mean, but you know what? Yes. Yes. And that's, that's so, that's so hugely important. And that's one of those things too. We, again, once Elliot came along the last few years and now with a baby and you know what, I think it's really interesting because with the baby, are you kidding me? A baby. And we're still in a pandemic. So we're, we're still in a position where, you know what, we really shouldn't be going anywhere anyway. Even if we could, I don't know that we would because I'm not bringing a two month old to, you know, a holiday party where, you know, she's potentially going to be up until 10 o'clock at night. And then I've got to be the one dealing with all of that, you know, with her screaming and crying and not going to bed because she's so beyond overstimulated, you know, all of that stuff that you have to think about as a new mom. But it's important to be able to sort of just establish what, where exactly, as you said, let's meet your family where they are right now. And that, might not be the same. It's not going to be the same in five years. Come along for the ride. It's okay if you don't go home. It's okay if it's a different home. Sure. Yes. It's okay if you don't have to go home for the holidays. All right. I'm going to take
0: number two. Yeah. So example two, according to the article is it's okay to need a break. If you're hosting holiday hosting is no small feat. In my extended family, Christmas Eve was always a bonanza complete with platters of hors d'oeuvres, mountains of gifts, and screaming kiddos hopped up on Neapolitan titties. <laughs> My grandma, our gracious hostess, would start preparing the moment summer vacation was over. It was a big deal. Oh, grandma. Whether you're hosting the extended family for one evening or hosting your kids for two weeks, you are offering your time, space, and energy in a big way. It's taxing for your nervous system and your body, and it's okay to take a break. Taking a break might mean spending a day by yourself, enjoying an afternoon nap, or outsourcing host responsibilities for an hour in the midst of the party. I mean, it may mean bringing in dinner instead of cooking dinner. It may mean establishing a tradition of, like, we do Christmas brunch. It's like breakfast. Everybody brings something. It's like potluck style in my house. And then it's funny, but I said to Scott just today, I'm like, I'm going to make a crock pot lasagna and then maybe we'll have like frozen pizzas or something, because I know people are going to get hungry if they stay all day, but I am also not going to put it on myself to make a dinner while I'm hosting everyone. And I'm dealing with kids and gifts and dogs and drinks, and I'm not going to do it. No, that's too much. And so I think like you need to, you need to set those limits. And it's okay as the host to say, like, I'm doing this, I'm not doing this, or I'm not having everyone for this and that, or I'm not having friends and family. I'm not going to have extended family. I mean, you get to set those limits.
1: And why not even say, you know, if again, kind of going back to the fact that, Hey, as, as moms, a lot of this falls on us anyway, right? We've taken on the mental load and the planning for this whole day. It's okay for an hour to say, Hey, Scott, you know what? You, you come in and sort of coordinate all this. I I'm going to go walk the dog and just take some time step away. away, That is more than acceptable. You're in your own house. Yeah,
0: we talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this in the Thanksgiving episodes. Yeah. I didn't learn the magic of this until I breastfed the kids. That and huge, even yes, huge. Because you walk, you are forced to walk mm-hmm. away for at least 30 mm-hmm. minutes and it is silent, and you're alone with your thoughts. Yep. And you know, feeding babies. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> no small feet. But still, you're like, wait, I walked away from the chaos. And got a moment to breathe. And
1: you know what? That's, it's funny because I, I did host Thanksgiving this year. I had a a one month old at the time, what, six weeks old. And people were like, what do you mean you're hosting? I mean, again, my family's small, right? It was my parents and my brother, but you have a brand new baby. What are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm catering most of this meal. First of all, I went and I, I did, I got my turkey and most of the sides from Weber grill. They have the best Ooh, I'm it is the best idea. If you have an opportunity, if you have to host, yes, you've got those like dishes or whatever that are like the family tradition. Well, you know what, you can outsource some of those too. If it's something that like the whole family knows, it's like this family recipe that everyone knows Well, have someone else do it. Or if you only have to make a dish, cater the rest, man, I got the turkey, mm-hmm. I got mashed potatoes, I got all the, I got most of my stuff from another restaurant this year. And I hosted that way. It was like, I'm not going to spend the entire day in the kitchen because I can't. Right. I have a baby, but at the same time, I felt like I had to host because if I didn't, I have a lot less control that way of when I get to take breaks and how I Mm -hmm. get to take them. So even though you're hosting, don't feel like you can't step away from that. So I guess that brings us example number three, sort of the opposite of that. It's okay to need alone time if you're visiting family as well. So maybe you aren't the one hosting. The, the article kind of goes on to say, visiting entails fewer responsibilities than hosting, but it's not always a walk in the park. As a visitor, you're out of your comfort zone. You're in a new environment, away from your routines and creature comforts. Even if you haven't seen the folks you're mingling with in months or years, it is perfectly normal to take some time alone. And that's absolutely true. And I will say, again, most of our family is all local, right? Steve's family is too. But even that he still has a big family. And even if you're not traveling per se for the holidays, even if you're going into a house, and I'm walking into a house with 25 people, which is very different for me, you know, I mean, the most that we had was like, eight. (laughs) That was a big deal, you know, but to walk into a house where there's, you know, all the kids are screaming in the basement, all the adults, you know, are being adulty upstairs. That's still, (laughs) that's still a lot too. And so even just to feel like you have to be on, you know, in front of people that maybe you haven't seen or you don't see on a regular basis, one of my favorite things to do, I will just sort of, you know, slip away in between conversations and I'll go, ch- I'll go downstairs and see what the kids are doing. And usually they're having a great time. And I'm like, <laughs> Um, can I play? They don't even need wine and they're having a great time. They're having a fantastic (laughs) time. None of you are drunk. How are you? This is great. And I just (laughs) yeah, and but it's it's so much fun to just go and like loosen up with a bunch of kids that you know they've got a dumb movie on in the background or whatever, and they're playing, you know, a couple of them are playing board games. Usually something, you know, somebody's shooting somebody with something else, you know, Uh nerf is it's a lot of that, (laughs) but that can be a lot of fun too, just to go and unwind. and just walk away from, you know, the the conversations with a capital C, you know. So sure. um, some of that that was always fun for me to go and do that. Walk the dog. Yeah, go walk the dog. Volunteer to walk the host's dog. I mean, Maybe the host wants that excuse. She will bite
0: you and run away from (laughs) you, but thank you for the offer. Thank
1: you. It's really nice. (laughs) I'm sorry. She's off limits. But yeah, I mean, whatever you need to do, go take a walk, go, you know, it's, you don't have to feel like, you know, don't feel like you have to be on because you're not going to be your, your genuine self either. So I guess, I guess the point here is just give yourself permission to feel the things you're going to feel. Don't apologize for it. Do what you need to do for yourself. Yeah. And if, if somebody else has a problem with it, well, that's their problem. You don't have to, it's not your responsibility. You can manage their feelings. You cannot manage their feelings. It's not your responsibility to do so. You can only address your own needs and that's all you should be worrying about.
0: Okay. So there's, Two more examples. We're going to go into them real briefly. Sure. So example four, it's okay to disengage in controversial conversations. I feel like we talked a lot about this on the Thanksgiving episodes. Yeah. Politics, religion, just certain family dynamics. Sometimes, you know, people are getting into it. It's a lot. Politics. No one wants to talk about politics. I just feel like no one wants to talk about religion. I don't have to go to church with you.
1: No, I don't. You know, it's just like,
0: so there's a lot there, but the controversial stuff, it, nobody's going to come out the winter.
1: Nobody does. And it's okay to just sort of, especially if you're in a group, just walk away. Yeah. It, you it can, can be as simple away. as just walking away. It's okay to just say, you know what? I, I'd rather not talk politics. I'd rather just kind of enjoy each other's company. Let's just, let's change the subject. Yeah. And talk about, you know, whatever. the vacation. And there's always
0: planning. something else going on somewhere else. Go into another room. Yes. go play with the kids Absolutely. like you said like you just remove yourself if you want to yeah
1: yeah sure um example number 5 it is okay to not be okay with your family's dynamics and we've sort of discussed this already but every member of every family changes over time habits or routines that you loved as a child might not feel comfortable as you get older certain family tensions may have worsened as the years have passed Um, just because you've accepted these behaviors and dynamics before does not mean that you need to accept them now. I think especially in this climate, but, and I think it's, it's something that's kind of always been there, but I, I hope, I feel like, I don't know, or maybe I'm just getting to an age where I'm recognizing it now, but I do feel like it's becoming part of the bigger conversation that like, no, we don't have to accept this behavior and it's okay to walk away.
0: It's okay to walk away guys. Last note, but what if they don't like my boundaries? The question I get most often is, okay, so I set a boundary, but what if they don't like it? What if they don't do what I ask? Your family members might not like your boundaries. Your boundaries may activate their deepest fears and insecurities, and they might wonder, does she still love me? Is he angry? What does this mean for our relationship? Your family members may get angry or upset. They may need time to adjust. They may even use guilt in an attempt to make you change your mind. Oh, that's uh, a big one.
1: That's huge. Yeah.
0: It's important to enter these challenging conversations with realistic expectations for how your loved ones may react. Preparing for surprise, anger, or sadness will make it easier to hold firm to your boundary when faced with resistance. So you have to acknowledge that these things may be difficult to hear or that it's just acknowledge that it's a change. Maybe you're staying in a hotel when you come home for Christmas this year because you need your own space. That's a super legitimate boundary maybe you're going to be spending time with this family and then going to this house and then going to this house. Like that's okay too. Maybe you're changing the conversation. Maybe you're not willing to talk about this anymore. Maybe I'm not willing to talk about, I don't want to talk about my job. I'm actually going through a hard time with that right now. I'm I don't want to talk about my job this year. Or like, sure. you know, you get to say those things. You can't change other people. You can only change your own reactions, your own behavior. So you know it's it's an act of self-care like you said you have to be able to mm-hmm. step up for yourself and step up for your family step up for your kids and like decide what's appropriate
1: and and the thing to keep in mind too and the article does go on to kind of say this you can set boundaries while still be loving and compassionate and kind you can you can do all those things you can acknowledge the fact that you know okay i understand that you really really feel this way about whatever the controversial topic is at hand, or you can even, even when you decide to set your boundary too, that's another thing, you know, if you decide, you know, I'm going to stay in a hotel this year rather than stay on the living room couch, it's okay. That's okay. And you can still do that in a loving way. And you can, you can, you can sit with your, with your mom's pain about that. You can sit with her, you know, and she, she's going to be upset about that. Maybe that's okay. It, it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to do what you're going to do. It also doesn't mean she's not allowed to feel the way she's going to feel. These family members might feel a, a particular way about the fact that these things are changing. Again, as you mentioned, it's going to take time.
0: And I just want to make the note too, especially in newness, times of newness, yes. new baby, new relationship, new partner, new divorce, you're bringing somebody new into the family or you're adjusting to a new time for yourself in your own life those adjustment times are especially important to protect yeah. like maybe you don't bring your new fiancé to sleep on your yeah. mom's couch yeah cuz maybe that's a sure. lot of pressure and maybe you don't invite everyone over when you have a new baby at home like there's just certain that that little segment of time it's real easy to do the same thing. Like, uh, you know, I'm 15 years in Scott and I have been married for sure. what feels like forever. <laughs> and it's sure. like, yeah, our kids are young, but like, they're not super young anymore. Right. And so I feel like, you know, maybe we've hit a stride, but it's not hard for me to remember Oh when yeah. it was a baby JR or it was a new marriage or it was, you know, and those times are especially fragile. And I just want to encourage our listeners to protect that.
1: Absolutely. Do what you need to do and do what you need to do, no matter what anybody else says to I mean, because people are going to say it and, and, and you know what, they might not mean it. 99% of the time, I would guess, at least in my family, it's all well-meaning, right? I mean, so when, when Elliot was very new, it was before his first Christmas, he was almost, he was, he's a January baby. So Christmas rolls around, he's almost a year old. Um, So we were pretty well established with sleep routines. Um, You know, I knew that you've got like a window, right? Of bedtime where if you do not get your kid down between yeah. seven o'clock and seven <laughs> 20, mm-hmm. you are fucked for the rest of the night. Right. I yeah. mean, it's like, you're, that's it. You're done. And I, I will never forget. It was Elliot's first Christmas. And we explained that to them. Like, Hey, you guys need to come a little earlier. And it was easier for me to host, but I had to make it clear that, listen, if you want to see Elliot for Christmas Eve, you got to make sure that you're here by like six at the latest. Cause at seven o'clock I got to start working on getting him down. And I will never forget. i my dad was like, I mean, and he was very sweet about it, but he was like, well, you know, but it's Christmas and you know, it's normal mm-hmm. for kids to be up late and, up. and let him stay up. It's that's normal. And you know, when I was growing up, it was all the cousins all got together. We were up until 10 o'clock at night and all this stuff fine one we don't have 30 cousins running around this house it's him he's the one kid it's him that's it two he's not even a year old three are you gonna be the one dealing with him because that's exactly what i was gonna say yep you don't have to deal with his (laughs) with tomorrow with tomorrow when he's out of his mind because you know what I have other engagements I have to worry about tomorrow and he's got to be a part of this. And so if you're not the one putting him to bed, please don't, please don't, you know, and it was, it was tough for them. It was like, and you know, they, they didn't end up showing up until like quarter to seven. They saw him for all of 20 minutes before I went, okay, it's time for him to go to bed. But, but that was it too bad. Sorry. I mean, I told you this is the way it had to be. And I did stick with it. And you know what? And it was fine. And your
0: dad, yeah, he does not respect boundaries because when I walked up the aisle with you, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: oh, he's gonna listen to this and he's gonna cry. Go ahead, though. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I should. No, no, it. go ahead. No, he remembers it. It's very funny. <laughs> I was maid of honor
0: in Sarah's wedding, uh, it's very and funny. my job, my job, <laughs> was to just watch the dress, just straighten the dress make sure everything
1: looked good yes. at the front of the aisle and you did you made me look good girl and it
0: was like close quarters at the very front <laughs> and your dress was like on his shoe yeah and yeah. i was standing right behind you right there and your yep. dad like straightens your dress and i was like <laughs> i was like don't touch that <laughs> it was
1: such Good a job. great icebreaker that was looked fantastic. at like he was like oh my god is she serious and I was like
0: do not touch that he was
1: stunned and then he and he did he was like oh my god for a He's second like, oh my and god. Then went, uh, he was like oh. it was a moment a moment of like just we'll never like, forget that oh like, shit dude, are you touching that dress
0: that is my dress stop touching that dress
1: very funny it was very funny that's my dad no and it's you know and my dad and they you know what and he got it he understood but you know he can't he was like his family was like steve's family like a million cousins everybody Mm -hmm. was up partying and it was a big christmas eve was huge christmas day was huge it was a big thing and you know i get why you know his picture of what christmas with little kids would look different than mine does right but again elliot's the only kid right now The fact that Penelope's here now is like, oh my God, there's a second kid. That's it. It's the two of them. And my youngest one is kind of slug like right now. You know, it's (laughs) we may have oversold how fun it would be to have a little sister. I'm just, I'll put that out there, but you know, it will be fun.
0: So, we just want to recap. Haley McGee was the author yes. of that article. She's a codependency recovery coach who helps individuals conquer people pleasing, set empowered boundaries, and master the art of speaking their truth. And you can follow her on Instagram. Yeah. We will tag her in the episode notes. And we're going to do a quick recipe box and self care suggestion box.
1: Yeah. 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 So I alluded to this earlier. What I'm sipping is called the scotch regency punch i was very excited when i was asked to come onto this podcast and i I think that was the first thing i said i said can the recipe box be a cocktail i believe i texted that to you in all caps if i'm not mistaken can it be a
0: cocktail (laughs) wait half of
1: our texts are all caps but that's just kind of who we are as people (laughs) that's about right texts and swears and memes that's about Mm -hmm. it and if you're not that you're missing out you're missing out. Exactly. Uh, so the Scotch Regency Punch, what I love about this drink, now it's it's funny because it's not it's not very Christmassy by any stretch. Because I know you and I talked about it. I was like, well, I have some kind of like Christmassy drinks if you want. But, but this is one that I've actually made several times. It's a tried and true for me. And it's nice for a group because it's a punch, right? It takes an entire bottle of Scotch which is great. I use black grouse. Um, it's one one bottle, a seven fifty, uh, an ounce of cardamom pods. Now, cardamom is it's a really it's like a they're pods. It's exactly what it sounds like. They look like little nuts. It's like these little and seeds, and they're almost like a citrusy kind of smell. They're, they smell beautiful, and I know. I'm sorry. I know.
0: Where do you find cardamom pods? Like that's very intimidating.
1: It No, I know it is, but you know what? It's one of those things that I, I, when I found this recipe, I was like, where the hell do I get a cardamom? What is a pod, cardamom yeah. pod? I, I think I found it at like, you know, just, I think it was at Mariano's Okay. Or and that's just what I was a- going to say. You probably like a fresh
0: market Mariano's. I'm We're speaking Chicago yes, here, fresh but market, like, Mariano's yeah,
1: Pete's. Yes. We're speaking Chicago, but like Pete's fresh market or Mariano's or Jewel probably has it, but someplace that's got a decent, kind of spice section, you know, like Target's probably not going to have it, you know, but someplace that's got good, you know, decent, a decent spice section is going to have this. So you need basically a full, it says it's an, a, an ounce of cardamom pods. So the whole container, nine ounces of water, a, a full cup of sugar, full bottle of scotch. As I said, I use Black grouse. It's, you know, an, an affordable scotch that you're not going to feel bad putting into a punch. Um, 10 ounces of fresh lemon juice. If you can squeeze your own lemons, if you can get your own lemon juice out of this, that's the way I recommend doing it. Now I will admit I used a bottled lemon juice for this, this time you could do fresh. That's the way to go. Again, I use bottled this time, but there are some bottled lemon juices out there that are fresher that are, you know, it's not the concentrated stuff. It's and actually the one, and I don't know what brand I got. I, you know, Steve brought it home from his liquor store from Malloy's Finest, And then all you want to do, if you, you want to use a food processor or some kind of like blender, something where you can, you know, kind of blend the cardamom pods, because that's really kind of what opens up all of the oils and the fragrances of it. You're going to boil those in water. You're going to remove them from the heat and just let them steep like you would for a tea for 15 minutes, add the sugar, let the sugar dissolve. Cool it before using it. What I like to do, and, and this, is, this is on the recipe card too, if you can let that sit overnight, that's really the sure. way to go. Because what you're doing is you're making a syrup out of these cardamom pods so if you can let it sit overnight that just kind of helps all of that sugar and the cardamom and it it just kind of infuses really really nicely and then the next day you just you literally just dump the whole bottle of scotch into a pitcher if you've got it or you know a punch bowl is fine too so you combine the whole bottle of scotch 10 ounces lemon juice and then that syrup you want to obviously strain out the cardamom pods You just kind of stir it up and then put it in your glass, top it off with a little bit of soda water, a little club soda, just to kind of, you know, freshen it up. And it's, it's refreshing. It's actually, it's a really good punch for summer. I like it a lot for summer, but there's something about scotch during the winter That's just still so comforting to me. It's that scotch is very warming and it's very, you know, there's still something very comforting about that. So even though I probably traditionally would make this during the summer, scotch is, is there's just something lovely about it in the winter. So we'll make sure the recipe goes up.
0: Okay, I have two
1: Mm -hmm. recipe box suggestions
0: for you. And they've already been posted before. One, it was one of my last posts. If you go to MDM the pod, which you should be following us and interacting with us on Instagram because it's our platform of choice. Do it super. It's fun. The extreme chocolate cake. Now I made this for my one of my best friends' moms for her birthday. And it was a lot of chocolate. (laughs) It's called Extreme Chocolate Cake. It is, oh, I have them right here. It is from all recipes. It is extreme. They are not lying. It, there is so much cocoa powder in this recipe. Now, it is great if extreme. you want like the richest chocolate cake you've ever had in your life. And you do. And look at the picture. And the frosting was so thick. And you, there's ways to thin it out. You don't have to add all the powdered sugar. But I had to pipe it into stars because it was oh gosh. so gosh darn thick. I couldn't even spread it. Uh, for Christmas Eve, we decided, Jr. and I decided that the change would be that we would do vanilla frosting because the cake is so super chocolate. So there's a change. And also you can, you can substitute in this recipe. You don't have to add the cocoa powder. So like sure. there's a way to make the frosting, just like a regular buttercream frosting instead of the chocolate buttercream. Did
1: Jr. set a boundary.
0: Jr. He set a boundary. Set
1: a, a chocolate boundary, which is very odd for him. <laughs> <laughs> a dessert <laughs> Good boundary for him. Good you know, for him. He was
0: like, you know what? This is a little too much chocolate. That's great. So, okay. That one's great. Yeah. Another thing. And I talked about this before the slow cooker, vegetarian lasagna, oh. and I'm going to post it again because it is amazing. It's from eating well. Um, it is meant to be a vegetarian lasagna and I skip the mushrooms. I hate mushrooms. I don't need fungus in my food. I know some people like it. Um, <laughs> There's also zucchini and you can skip the zucchini because my kids don't like the zucchini. Now I might put it in for Christmas because it is a great flavor, but you put all this stuff into the crock pot and it just cooks and soaks and softens and it makes so much lasagna. And that's what I'm gonna do for Christmas. Slow cooker, vegetarian lasagna from Eating Well, the chocolate cake from All Recipes, that's my recipe box. And between the Regency punch and the chocolate cake, you are not gonna care about boundaries.
1: You're it's not gonna matter. Nope. 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 You are good. No, that's great. And you know what? Who doesn't love a crock pot this time of year?
0: I am in an exclusive relationship with my crock pot.
1: Absolutely. Good for you. Thank you. As you should be. Well done.
0: Self-care. Suggestion box. Mine is to moisturize. Okay. Everyone says it. Yes, it's winter. You need to moisturize. We're in the Midwest. It sucks. I get it. You need the big guns this time of year. And I am going to post a picture on this drop of the seven products. I think it's seven that I used out of the shower the other day. I need to set aside time to moisturize. That's how serious it gets because I'm running around and I'm out of the shower and then I don't do it. And then it's too late because there's nothing like moisturizing right out of the shower. Your skin like sips it up. It's great. It's great. So I set aside time and I use things, different things for my face, for my hands, for my cuticles. I'm telling you. So I'm going to outline all this,
1: outline all of your products. What goes with what body part? I need to know. Set aside
0: your after shower time. Invest now. Do it. Mm -hmm. Take the time to put. It's true. Because I feel a lot better when my skin is not like flaking off. And also yep. hydrate and drink your water. I get it. But if you set aside time to moisturize, I'm telling you. Okay. Now talk about yours.
1: So mine, my big self-care right now, and I know it sounds, it, I don't know, it might sound silly, but I, um, I'm going to a chiropractor. This is not my first time going to a chiropractor. This is I've, your, I've gone to
0: my first this rodeo. Is not the
1: first time, this is not my first rodeo. This is at least <laughs> my fifth rodeo. Which is still in the grand scheme of things, not a lot of rodeos, no. but um, no, I, I've been to chiropractors before and it's for injuries and, you know, different things. I do theater, I dance, you know, so chiropractic care has, has been important, um, but it was actually recommended to me during this pregnancy, I started um, experiencing a lot of um, just really bad numbness. I had to, I have to sit for my job quite a bit. So I was going numb from basically my hips down. Mm -hmm. I was completely numb. And then the workday would be over with and I would stand up and I would still be numb. And then once the numbness sort of subsided, it was just replaced by pain. So I started seeing a chiropractor and I go to chiro one in North Aurora and they're fantastic. Um, Dr. Amanda is um, the primary doctor there. She's actually on maternity leave herself. She had a baby just just after Thanksgiving and Dr. Blake is there right now in her stead. And I gotta say every single, the doctors there are amazing. The staff there, every single staff person there is amazing. But that is my self-care. And I I did start going sort of out of necessity. Like, okay, I need to start like feeling my feet again. That would be nice. You know, so while I was pregnant, very heavily pregnant, I went up until the week I delivered, I was going to this chiropractor and then probably, I guess I started going at 32 weeks pregnant. I was going twice a week and I have now started going back again. And it, it has become not just like, okay, well, I need to do this because it was recommended by my doctor. It is now like, no, I need to go because this is making me feel so much better. (laughs) it's great because it's a combination of they, they really look at you in a holistic way. So they are, I mean, they take x-rays to see what your bones are doing, what your body's doing, but then they give you therapies to do. So I'm doing physical therapy right there in house. I'm doing exercises and therapies to help strengthen specific muscles that are going to, you know, those muscles are going to give my back support and my hip support and all of this stuff. It's, it's again, a holistic way to strengthen up these muscles to make everything else kind of line up the way it should. And then they adjust you, of course, as well, every visit too. I'm already, I'm seeing huge results. So that's my big self-care and something here. And I just kind of want to say this, these mental health buzzwords, right? Self-care and setting boundaries and all that, it is a big one. And self-care, I feel like that's one of those things that we talk a lot about it, but I don't feel like we really know what it means. You know, it doesn't just mean go take a bubble bath when you're feeling stressed, right? A lot of people think that's kind of the direction that self-care goes. Self-care can be a lot of different things. And one of the things Dr. Blake, who is there again in Dr. Amanda's stead, he giving me these exercises and giving me things to do at home. One of the things he said to me recently was, you know what? Take these exercises. He gave me a packet, you know, take these exercises and do these at home. If you can do these, it's a half hour a few times a week, do them in a place where your kids can see that you're doing them and don't feel like you have to be like, well, this is the proper way to do a lunge. And this is how we do squats. Like it's not even so much to like teach them how to do these things, but the idea that, you know, do it for yourself, but do it so your kids can see you doing it. And the reason that you want to do that, really, it's tempting to be able to just close yourself up and do it behind locked doors. And there's days when sure you're going to want to do that, but How important is that for your kids to see that you're taking care of yourself, right? Because I didn't learn what self-care was. I didn't know anything about that. I think it's something that's so ingrained in us from high school through college and everything. It's like, you know, you got to get involved. You got to do all these things. If you're not doing these thousand things, then what are you, you know, and don't take a breath. You can sleep when you're dead. You know, it's like this mentality of like, you know, just go, 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 go. But when do you have time to just sit and breathe? And do a couple of things for yourself. Do these exercises. And if you can do these things in front of your kids, your kids are going to see that, oh, okay, this is cool. It's going to show them that physical fitness is important, but it's going to show them too that you're doing things for you and that it's okay to do things for you. You know, if we never
0: show that, if you're always like the mom martyr, that's not great. No,
1: no, exactly. That's exactly right.
0: Do we hit everything? I I think so. Did we hit all the boundaries of boundaries? I think so.
1: Has this been the longest podcast you've ever recorded? <laughs> Are we on hour seven? Let's hashtag
0: normalize boundaries.
1: Normal, hashtag normalize boundaries. Yep. Get it trendy. Okay. Well, cheers to you. Cheers to us.
0: Cheers to months. Come sit with us again. And see you after the hiatus.